Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What have I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? Hey, it's been a minute. <laughs> and it's good to be back. It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fied Radio. And of course, we call these sessions Heart to Heart as part of On Course with Heart Ramsey, where, of course, we get the opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. And of course, that's the one and only Pastor Heart Ramsey. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Gerard. I love these video uh, uh, podcasts. <laughs> they feel good, don't they? They sure do. They sure do. We get a chance to for people to see our faces when we yes <laughs> when we're talking and our reactions because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are what they are. And so there's been a lot going on in our world. Uh, of course, you recently celebrated a birthday. So again, happy birthday to you. Thank you, man. Thank you. That it was it was eventful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there's a bunch of stuff happening. You were telling us before about the birthday tree and all of yeah. those things. It's been a different kind of year for everybody. And so I would imagine it's been a different kind of birthday for you. What was it like celebrating a birthday in these pandemic streets? Because you're usually traveling, you're yeah. usually all over the place. What was that like for you? Well, it was different. You know, we, we, my wife and I are taking this social distancing thing very, very seriously. And so we've not really been anywhere uh, outside of Dothan. Uh, we traveled to Montgomery a couple of times to check on the ministry up there. Okay. I have not been to Atlanta one time since March. Wow. Uh, where uh, my community city congregation is where you guys are. Yeah. And um, we just, we've just been playing it safe because um, we take it seriously uh, yes. on the average. You know, we, our church buried two people per year, two members per year, and then right. some of their family members. This year, we buried 14. Good Lord. And, and, so, um, and so we take it very seriously. So the, the birthday pandemic thing was funny because my wife is super creative. Yes. She put up a birthday tree, of course, you know, with a gift to be opened every day. And That's it was brilliant. fun. It was fun, but it was, it was, you know, isolated. So it was... sure. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine. So, and so now we've been, gosh, it's been about officially six months since this yeah. pandemic has started. Man, how has it impacted you? Because one of the things that, that I've been seeing, and I know you've seen as well, churches and pastors, and we've talked about it over time on the podcast, the impact, but it's been six months and most churches aren't back to regular services most are still virtual some have started instituting some things um how have you been holding up during all of this well you know for pastors it's difficult because uh to qualify to be a pastor you have to, you have to have a pastor's heart yes your heart is for the people for their welfare for their spiritual development they we almost see our, our, our congregations the, the ones who are really called the pastor as members of our family and so you, right. you know how it is when you haven't seen a family member in a long time yeah. Um, and then there's a concern for our spiritual welfare because um, fellowship is a critical part of, of the church members' growth. Yes. Um, for a church to be a church, for us to remain spiritually healthy, there's certain things we need. And fellowship is at the top of the list, one of the, well, one of the top three. And so it's been difficult not knowing what's happening with the people. Because, Gerard, here's a strange uh, number. Um, most churches throughout the United States are, are reporting a 60% 
um, disappearance. In other words, um, the people that are engaged are seriously engaged, but the 60% of the people, we don't know where they are. Wow. They're not responding to anything. They just, wow. whatever is happening with their lives, they just, they're just not there. And so it doesn't mean that, they, that they're gone from church. It just means that they're, they're not uh, maybe social media savvy mm-hmm. or, or they, they, um, they're internalizing what's happening with them or they may be distracted or some people maybe have even um, deconstructed their faith to a point where they're not ready to engage with church. And, and that's yeah. a topic that needs to be had about um, this thing about deconstructing our faith in these times because mm. it's a big deal. A lot of people are doing it. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe, maybe we should dig into that because I think I've seen, and we've talked about it a little bit, this has been like the perfect storm in yeah. 2020. I mean, it started with, well, you could argue it started with Kobe passing away back mm-hmm. in January. And then we had the advent of COVID-19. Um, everything was shut down. Then we start hearing about Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. And people are now leaving these social distancing moments to protest. Um, and then we've got an election. I mean, like there's just a ton of stuff that's piling up on people. Let's talk about deconstructing faith because I think people have had a lot of faith questions. Um, and in terms of how can all of these things happen at the same time and then wait as a believer, I can't get to church. Right, right. So, so, you know, uh, the deconstructing faith piece begins with the fact that, that, um, we have to first um, speak to the issues. God is very, very strategic. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in scripture, I was talking to a very good friend of mine as a prophet, and um, nowhere in scripture do you ever see a plague hitting the land and God is not behind it. And, and you know, I, mm-hmm. we had a podcast where I told you, I don't believe God is doing this. In other words, I don't believe that this is God trying to hurt people but, or this right. is some, some kind of judgment. Right. What I believe, though, from scripture is that every time you see a plague hit the land, God is God has allowed it. God is, is, is trying to get something from people. He's trying to free someone. He's trying to do something. In this case, I believe the church had become something it was not intended to be both. Um, when I say the church, I speak of both um, white and black and, and I have to make a differentiation because they're not the same church. No. You know, um, um, when it comes to um, from perspective and from, from um, uh, appeal and culture um, the black church is a church that um, was birthed out of rejection and struggle. The black church uh, was formed because of the, the black people in America were rejected by the white church. Yes. They wanted segregation in every area, so the black church was born as a necessity. The white churches, the white church exists on the basis of pride and, and a premise of supremacy. And so um, both, both of those entities in America are being challenged to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, the deconstruction piece is that the things that we've built upon the foundation of Jesus, um, they have to be kind of taken apart so we can get back to the core of who we say we are. And a lot of people are finding that they weren't really Christians at all. What they were were people who became infatuated with church. Yeah. With the things of the church. For some of the white brothers and sisters, even the, maybe even the black people, we became um, um, addicted to the culture of church, to the, to the, um, the, uh, the pep rallies and, 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 yes. and uh, prosperity and the different things that came with being a, a, a Christian mm-hmm. in the 20th, 20th and 21st century. So um, I believe the deconstruction of faith is necessary. And I don't think it, it should be a, a negative spin put on it. Um, if people are searching for maybe the, the, um, um, their African roots or, or their, their cultural roots as it relates to their faith, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad mm. thing. Yeah. Um, th- th- we should be concerned about being um, 
or deceived or distracted or, or even on um, kind of uh, getting caught up in error. But I think even that the Lord is prepared for. I just, I believe it's a good thing. You de if you deconstruct your faith all the way down to the core, to the foundation, and you find Jesus there, if your testimony is uh, all the other stuff is cool, but I just want Jesus, then now you have something to build on. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we, we embrace a lot of different things in our faith. A lot of us tolerated a lot of things in our own personal lives and from other people. That's true. So I think, I think this is good. The deconstruction of faith piece is good. Um, I believe that, um, what about this? We, we were deceived into believing that you had to see God from a Eurocentric uh, perspective to be accepted by God or to be a true Christian. Mm -hmm. When in reality, the Bible says that, that God is the God of the nations. He's the God of different ethnicities and cultures yeah. um, in heaven. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to be clapping on the one and three. I mean, you know, right. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> in heaven, you know, God, God made, God is a God that, that loves multiple expression. The Bible yeah. says in first Peter, chapter, I think chapter four, verse 10, that, that God has a multifaceted grace. Um, he, he's a God, a God of all nations, all peoples, mm -hmm. and he loved what he's created. Yeah. For us to reduce it to say you have to see from this perspective is a crusades mindset wow. where our, our, our armies were sent out by the Catholic Church. And, and, and I, wanna, I wanna make this statement before I go further, yeah. is that the three C's are, um, that, that to me corrupted Christianity, the three C's were uh, Catholicism, capitalism, and colonialism. Mm. Catholicism, Capitalism, colonialism, the Catholic Church, um, we don't see it this way today, but back then, the Catholic Church was, was the most powerful entity in the world, Right. the Roman Catholic Church. Out of that comes, comes our capitalism, this desire to, to monetize everything in every way that, that led to our covetousness and idolatry. And then number three, colonialism, um, the need to go and conquer other lands under the Christian flag, forced them to, to into a Eurocentric Christianity that really wasn't the true Christianity at all. It it, it reeked of of certain um, of certain uh, beliefs and and uh, the, uh, ideologies and philosophies that were not right. It formed a sociology, yes. and, and forgive these the, the words I'm using, but it formed it formed a social construct that that God never intended. And I think that this is God tearing stuff down. He's tearing down idols. He's tearing down false beliefs. And he's going to the root of issues. Hatred is at the root of, of racism and all that comes with it. And so God is getting his church cleaned or cleansed Ooh. out because judgment does begin at the house of God and with God's people. Ooh, that's, that's a, a lot, lot to digest. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot to digest. And I, were, I seem to remember you talking before about the need for a church cleansing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that any of us expected it to come in this way. Right. And, uh, it's, it's so interesting to me to watch so many people still say, I can't wait to get back to normal. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I, I actually think that's almost like a nervous tick, right? Yeah. It's like really them saying, I'm so uncomfortable with this unfamiliar place that I'd rather go back to, you know, almost like when the Israelites said, hey, take me back to Egypt because yeah. like this right here is crazy. And, yeah. and it kind of feels like they're saying that, but they don't really know what they're saying. Yeah. So a crazy question, which I'm sure everybody wants to know. How much longer do you think we end up in this scenario until, you know, kind of the church is cleaned and purged into the image that God wanted it to be. How much longer do you think we end up in this, in this space? 
Well, you know, I could give you my opinion, but but when you look at biblically, mm-hmm. um, things like th- these things always lead to some type of persecution. Um, oh, wow. The religious, you know, uh, the, the early church was persecuted um, by Rome, but more uh, more importantly, persecuted by the Jewish religion. And so mm-hmm. I think I think um, the true church is going to experience persecution from the far right, and then eventually from the far left. Um, mm-hmm. th- these extremists, um, and I call them extremists because they, they need to be extreme to feel secure. Yeah. Um, the only way that you could you could both have your will and God's will in the same setting is to be extreme. Think about that. You have to be radicalized because what Jesus requires of us is that we lay down our, our will for his will. Right. You know, that kingdom come, that will be done. Right. But there's a way they figure out a way to get their will and God's will too in their minds. And that is to be extreme right or to be extreme left. Wow. And then you, and, and in doing so you have the luxury of recreating God in your image and after your likeness. Ooh. So you, you actually, God becomes an idol. He becomes your genie, he becomes your, he becomes your, your hit man, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is, first of all, I think that um, we, we are not in the worst of it yet. I think the worst is yet to come. Uh, mm. And I think, I think in the worst, when we get into the middle of the furnace, I think that's when you're going to start to see who's who and, and you're going to be a real return. The, the powerful and the positive things are when we get back, when the, when the heat comes down and the people who, who are, are for Jesus stand for Jesus, then the miraculous will invade. Mm. We're going to see God doing amazing things. And, and um, it's going to, it's going to get the attention of a lot of people who are not, who are not believers. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who are committed to a, to a, a certain political ideology or certain religious theology, um, that is that is a man-made. They're going to suffer a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I want to suggest us that we be open to what the Lord is going to reveal, what He's going to show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going there to be a lot of signs and wonders, and there will also be false signs and wonders. And the only the only discerning difference that we will have is to know the Spirit, mm-hmm. and we be able to tell the Spirit behind a thing. Yeah. Um, the Spirit of God will never deviate from love. He'll never deviate wow. from faith. He'll never deviate from hope. He'll yeah. never deviate. The spirit of God will never deviate from, from Jesus being exalted as Jesus alone, not Jesus plus Donald Trump or Jesus plus Joe Biden. Or Jew. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Jesus alone. Yeah. The, the spirit of God will never uh, bring another person in and make them anything. By the way, did you see where, where they were talking about? Or uh, I saw a post on Twitter where um, they're, not, they're calling Donald King, the, the, Donald Trump, the, the true king of the Jews. Did you see You're that? You're kidding me. No, I, I, I have not seen that. Oh, my god. When gosh. you get a chance, when you get a chance, uh, after we, we take this, go on my Twitter yeah. account. And you see, I re- actually posted it. Wow. Uh, um, I almost want to look right it. now. What in the yeah. world? Are yeah, you kidding um, me? It's, it's, they're calling him the true king of the Jews. And, and, and that is little subtle hints like that are indicators to true believers of, as to what's going on. And, yes. and those who keep overlooking these subtle hints, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of stuff that's demons are working on both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But we have to be wise to know. We have to be wise to know. Um, the nature of the Spirit of God, the character of the Spirit of God. We have to know that because if you don't know that, it's easy to be deceived. A strong delusion could come because Satan always transforms himself into a messenger of light, Mm. a messenger of truth. He always tries to come across like he's deeply spiritual. And what all he needs to to deceive a person is for the person to be fundamentally flawed as Mm. to the way they see Jesus, the way they see the gospel. 
mm. um, the gospel of prosperity, the gospel of of supremacy, the gospel. Mm. If it's not the gospel of grace, the gospel of redemption, the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, you, you got it? Yeah. Uh, if, if you're not seeing it doctrinally, you, you're open to be deceived. Wow, wow. And I did just find this this tweet you were talking about uh, that you retweeted from uh, Wayne Allen Root. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, quote, I told you back in August of 2019 that Donald Trump was like a modern day king of the Jews. I was 100% on the money. My crystal ball was just early. Trump proved today he is the king of the Jews and the Middle East and deserves the Nobel Peace Prize. And this is coming from him uh, declaring a historic day of peace uh, as he presides over the signing of the Mid-Eastern deals. Yep. Yikes. And you know, the whole thing is, the whole thing with this is, is that Donald Trump is so full of hatred for President Obama mm-hmm. that he, 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 you know, he has a real, real um, uh, uh, press. He's putting the press on to get the Nobel Peace Prize which within, the next, oh within the next 49 days before the election because he wants to say he accomplished more than Obama. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're touting him as, as the greatest president that ever lived after Abraham Lincoln. People, Christians are putting that in his ear. Donald Trump is arrogant. He's a narcissist, but mm-hmm. he will not be who he is. He will not be the danger he is without the evangelical church. Um, again, I, I suggested before, I want to suggest again, there are two books that I don't care if you agree with me or disagree with me. There are two books you've got to read. One is The Color of Compromise by, by Jamar Tisby. Mm-hmm. And the other book is a book that's called The Civil War as a Theological Crisis. You've got to read these two wow. books. Wow. One is written by a black guy, a black scholar. The other one is written by a white scholar. Mm-hmm. And when you read, especially when you go back and read the Civil War as a theological crisis, the reason I said you have to read this is because it breaks down the theology. It shows how the church gave the, uh, Andrew Jackson and all of these Confederate uh, generals and leaders, um, these slave owners, the church gave them theology. Wow. The church gave them theology for their for their wow. uh, belief that that African Americans or uh, black people were to be enslaved. And I want to add this. I want to add this. Did you see the um the video of John MacArthur trying to justify slavery as an institution? No. John MacArthur. There's a video, and I I I posted it on my Twitter Holy as well, cow. where John where John MacArthur was is in an interview, and in the interview, what he's saying is he's saying that that we he says slavery is given a bad rap. Because some things went wrong in slavery, he said. But he said, but when things go wrong in your marriage, when things go wrong in your church, or when things go wrong in your government, you don't just throw the institution away. Oh and he's saying that it, that he actually said that the institution of slavery is redeemable. It's a it's a biblical institution. It should be revisited because it's what he calls he calls it basically the will of God. He's saying um, they got some things wrong in it, but it's not a wrong institution. That kind wow. of damnable heresy is the yeah. reason I'm vocal. Yeah. I, before I come in, come in this podcast, I talked to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you want me to shut up, I'll shut up. But the reason I can't be, I can't see myself being silent is because he's a theological, he's a theological giant. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a theological, theological genius in some people's mind. Yeah. But that, that, that little bit of, 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 um, um, strychnine, that poison it, it, in his corn, that, 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 um, little bit of feces in his peanut butter is, mm-hmm. is what's messing the whole uh, Christianity or the Christian move up, yeah. uh, move, move, uh, is messing us up. And so we have to do, we have to speak truth to power. We have to holler yeah. it. We have to point out specific things and we need to point out people back to the Bible. So I'll, I'll tell you how messed up it is. There are black people who are attacking me 
for speaking the truth about this, this thing because the comfort, their comfort zone yeah. is Eurocentric Christianity. That's where they find Jesus. That's how they know God. Mm -hmm. They don't know God outside of Eurocentrism. And yeah. the th problem with that is God is not white. God right. is not evangelical. God is not Republican. He's bigger than that whole move. Mm -hmm. God is the God of all people. You don't have to, In the early church, they said, you don't have to become a Jew to be a Christian. Right. All of the Gentiles were told, you don't have to become a Jew. You don't have to become a Hebrew or Israelite to be a Christian. Wow. You don't have to know the law of Moses to be a Christian. Yeah. I say to you today, you don't have to see, the, see life through the eyes of Eurocentrism to be a Christian. Yeah. You could be African. You could be involved, baptized in African culture and still be saved. Yes. Because when God called, God was, when, when the praises go up in heaven, watch how you see how people praise God differently according to the culture. Mm -hmm. watch, watch in heaven, God's going to have the, par the parade of praise, I believe. I believe oh. you're going to see all kinds of different praising going on. Yeah, yeah. But when we speak in tongues in, 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 um, in the West, it's the Holy Ghost. If they babble in Africa, it's a demon. Mm. Don't get me started on this. More of our heart-to-heart -heart conversation is on the way. Stay tuned. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Why, yeah. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you can hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God, Pastor Hart Ramsey. To receive this daily encouragement, text the word Uplift to the number 334-310-4278. Again, text the word Uplift to the number 334-310-4278. Uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Stay connected with Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hart Ramsey. Let's go back into today's Heart to Heart conversation featuring Pastor Hart Ramsey. No, you, you, you're so right because... The, and I don't think we even think about how even living in black church, how much of that has been influenced by our Caucasian counterpart counterparts right. to the point where when we do see our African brothers and sisters, we automatically think, 
oh wow, that's demonized. Oh wow, yeah. which which was the big deal about you know the whole Beyonce thing, and it, because it showcased African culture. Right. And it's amazing how most of us don't even know enough about African culture to accurately call it demonized. But right. we call what we're unfamiliar with demonized, yeah. right. um, which is an unfortunate thing, you know. Yeah. And it's why, you know, you were saying people were attacking you. You know, we as black people don't often realize how uncomfortable we get when a system gets shifted. Or when right. a system, you know, we, we say we want things to change. Well, for it to be changed, it's got to be completely uprooted, which means somebody's going to be uncomfortable. Right. Wildly right. uncomfortable. And you know, one of the things that we don't do is that we, we are so, I'll be honest with you, when I was in, when I was in, in school, I didn't like history. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I remember in college, uh, <laughs> this is a funny story. In college, they gave me, um, it, you know, there's there a point where your, your, your uh, schedule comes out and Whatever reason they gave me history of Western civilization. Okay. And I sat in that class for one day. And I said, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to change it immediately. I, I can't I want to change it to something else. I just I, I hated history. And the yeah. problem with us now is, and I think it's we have an aversion to history because because uh, as they say, the winner writes the, the narrative. Mm-hmm. And and most of it is crap. Yeah. Most of it is a lie. You let Jane Elliott tell it. Um, um, it's been, they, they changed maps, they changed mm-hmm. dates, they changed names, they, they changed scenarios yeah. to, to, to make it, to whitewash all of history. And so um, we don't like history, but it, I think it behooves us to go back yeah. and study history from different perspectives because if, if the root of the situation explains the fruit, the genesis right. really, uh, ex, the, the genesis is what, what will give you a revelation. You can't have the one without the other. Yeah. Um, we are in a time, Gerard, where, I, where where the church talks about, and we haven't been preaching about this in, um, in decades, but emphasis, with emphasis on, on the, the, the blessed hope. I believe that what we're seeing is the shutting down of the world systems. Yeah, yeah. From the church yeah. point of view and the world system be unified to, to the point where, because you have to understand something, according to the book of Revelation, um, the world system that would produce the Antichrist and the beast and the false prophet, mm-hmm. these, this system is a religious system. Babylon is a religious, financial, social system. The wow. three amalgamated into one. There's, there's uh, religious Babylon, which gives, which gives spiritual power, demonic power to um, the, this whole uh, uh, false system and then there's there's um there's financial babylon which gives it its, its financial clout and its, mm-hmm. its ability to cut people off from buying and selling without the mark and mm-hmm. then then there's a social babylon which which produces the peer pressure mm-hmm. um to, to um, convert or proselytize people into that way of thinking wow. and so we are seeing according to the book of daniel and the book of revelation a shutting down of the world system, God, this we're closer to our salvation. To when I say salvation, I'm speaking of the coming of the Lord than ever before. But we don't want to call it that. Yeah, this is what this is. Daniel said in these in those days. I think in Daniel 12, knowledge shall be increased, and look, mm. and all the information is coming at us. When you talk about the perfect storm, all this stuff happening. But we what we're missing is our capacity. Look at how our capacity is expanding. Yeah. Yeah. To, to process information. And then he, the Bible also says in, in this same place that um, um, the, the enemy or the, the, spirit of, the spirit of Antichrist, not the man, but the spirit, and there's a difference. Yes. The spirit of Antichrist will seek to wear out the saints. Mm. 
will seek wow. to work. And that's what this is about. What, what you're seeing is we are being worn out. It's like yes. the enemy is coming. One thing, the news cycle is so of fast and furious and it has us just not knowing what we where we are where we're going right. that's an attempt to wear us out to the point we say you know i don't need this i'm just throw it away wow i'm just live my life and just die when i die yeah that's not the will of god for us the will of god for us is to know that we're closer to the end than the beginning this is a time right now where if you don't believe anything else believe jesus you press mm-hmm. into the lord you go back to the foundations and i want to add this churches church members you we need to fellowship Yes. I know we can't be together right now, but, but when your church is online, get yeah. online with them. Keep yes. giving to your church. Keep connecting with the people, with your leaders. Uh, um, don't be out there by yourself. These are dangerous times to be hanging out by yourself. You need a, you yes. need a crew. Yes. And, and I, I suspect that the crew that God just connected you to before this started or the crew that God just separated you from mm. to get to the new crew. Listen yeah. to me. Yeah. Take that seriously. Okay. Yeah. The, the first things and the last things are important. Yeah. That, no, that's, that's so, so good. And I've had this recurring thought and it's so interesting because, you know, early on, or at least for me, church, I grew up in, you know, forever talked about the return of Jesus, you know, yes. like it was, we heard rapture, rapture, rapture all the time growing up. And then of course, you know, once, you know, there was that moment in, I think 88, I'm dating myself here, but at the moment in 88 where people, you know, somebody thought that there was some prophecy or whatever that the Lord was going to come in October of 88 and people were selling all their stuff or whatever. And then that didn't happen. And then, of course, we had Y2K and people were certain, you know, it didn't happen then. Well, I think for me, um, probably during these last six months are the first times that I've really had the thought, I wonder if all this is happening to like actually make us want the return of Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's been so, and it's not gloom and doom, but it's just been so bad. Like, you know, particularly as, as black people, as a black man, I have probably more now than ever felt the weight of what we've been carrying this whole time, you know, and then to feel like, you know, it's not safe to be black. It's not safe to be a Christian. Like none of this stuff, has the the safety and security that we thought it had at one point um and so for me it's almost like well okay lord i'm is is this supposed to be the thing that gets me excited about you returning because i hadn't been excited about it like (laughs) i I don't want to sound like i'm not that great of a christian but you know it's like you know you, you live you get married you have babies like you have aspirations and things like that and it's like don't come yet lord but yeah because i got things to do i got things to do you know what i mean but now it's like mm, it's not so bad even so you know um so it's it's a it's a crazy time and i was talking before because i think i'm i'm concerned about a lot of people now um probably more so than i've been before just because you start to see how fragile people are right now and how not just our constructs constructs being destroyed, but some of the the things that provided therapy to people, mm. like church, like fellowship, like sporting events, entertainment, all of those things are gone as we know it. Um, so, what do you say to the person who is just trying, who, who's literally just barely? hanging on and for them it's you know it sounds before like oh it's no work to log on to a church service 
now it's work because it's like, do I really want to hear about this same Jesus that has allowed, seemingly allowed, yeah. um, all of these things to happen and a Trump presidency? You know, yeah. like, so, so what, do you, what do you say to that person who's kind of hanging on by the thread right now who just happened to tune into us? Well, you know, I, hopefully, number one, I hope that, um, first of all, I want to, pastors need to be addressing, we can't preach past what's happening. Yes. Our messages has to be, have to be relevant to what's happening right now. Totally. It has to be in context. We have to talk. We have to speak to it. That's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is, is, that, is that don't underestimate the power of a short attention span. Um, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of what, I, what was revealed to me is my, I have a terrible attention span. I'm oh, wow. so distracted. I'm so accustomed to multitasking, Gerard, yeah. that, um, that when, it was only, when all the other things shut down and I was only focusing on a couple of things, I felt like imbalanced. Got you. And so, and so um, we need to, uh, I think, pay close attention to, uh, um, to how we pay attention and, and really make ourselves focus. Okay. Um, my wife and I, um, you know, we, like I said, we're taking the social distancing thing very seriously. The other day, we went out to, the, uh, to a, a local park to, to walk the trail. Yeah. And, um, of course, we're not being fear and trembling because um, some people out there are, are, are not only not wearing masks, but they still believe it's, it, the, the virus is fake. And, and mm -hmm. just that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah. um, so we were out there really, really um, being, being, we were being intentional about protecting ourselves and being mm -hmm. um, uh, careful not to, to put ourselves in harm way. But one of the things that we discovered out there is the exercise of walking outside, walking the trail, or open air and just the, I mean, all of a sudden outside seems more beautiful for whatever yes. reason. Yes. Um, I think you should, you should calculate and with great caution, try to reintegrate certain parts of your life. Mm -hmm. I would not go to crowded areas. I would avoid them as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but, but like, if you have, like we go to store, we go to grocery store, we do the necessary things. Yeah. I think like for, for our church, I was talking to the pastors the other day and I was telling them, listen, we have to now uh, start to um, figure out ways to start to re-implement or re um, to restart our fellowship. Mm -hmm. um, our building in Dalton seats 2,500. The, the building in Montgomery seats 1,200. Yeah. If we start out saying, okay, we will start with 10% 10 capacity mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and do uh, 250 in Dalton and, and 120 in Montgomery, and then to have two services in each location. Yeah. So after the first service, we take an hour, we, we clean everything, we sanitize, and then we bring the second group in. Yes. We, we are able to do that. And it's something that we're looking at doing, we, but we, we were really studying it. We're being cautious, but reintegration is a very important part. Mm -hmm. And let me add this. Um, while it seems like this is the first time that this has happened, it is not. Mm. Um, in, 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 the 19, in, in the 1900s, it happened in 1918, or the, or the Spanish flu was a big deal. Yeah. Killed a lot of people, mm -hmm. um, had, had different challenges. If you go back and look at the pictures from, um, just Google 1918 uh, Spanish flu, what you're going to see, people wearing white masks. Wow. Um, they were going about their regular business, but they wear white masks, had to sanitize their hands. It's the same thing. And they had the same um, notion that the Lord can come any day. That was 100 years ago. Wow. Wow. That was 100 wow. years ago. Wow. So uh, a day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. Right. So I want to say this is going to sound weird to you. Yeah. This may not spell the end of the world. Right. But it may spell the end of our world. That makes sense. Oh yeah. yeah you see the the, the yeah. word the word 
uh, world in the in the in the Bible can mean it can mean um, cosmos as the the universe, or mm-hmm. it could be it could be aeon as in the age. What right. we have just experienced is the end of an age. Our world as we know it ended, and um and and when, and the danger of that for people who are older it may mean that we may run out of time before it gets back to what, to some semblance of what we were accustomed to, or even get to a new normal. We may yeah. run out of time. Some people may, may go to be with the Lord. Yeah. You see, um, others of us will be here for the birth of a new era, but mm-hmm. we, we may not um, be around to see it totally unfold. Like a lot right. of people in the 1918 Spanish flu who survived, who survived it, they didn't see what the world became. Because right. you have to remember a wow. hundred years before that slavery was still in, uh, in, in, in strong force. That's true. The, the Spanish flu. If the Spanish flu came thirty something years, um, I say thirty to forty years, if not fifty years after slavery was abolished. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? So the, wow. the birth of the Klan and all this stuff was still fresh. There was still a reconstruction, and mm-hmm. the, the world looked like it was pointing in a certain way. The people, a lot of people who died and went on to be with the Lord, or, or the people who who are savages who are lynching people and stuff, who died and went to their reward. Yeah, or to their yeah. penalty or punishment, so, um, is a better statement. They don't; they have no idea of what it turned out to be. Right. Wow. And and, and so it, it, it again, the end of the age has come upon us, and we need to be wise. It's a heavy, heavy discussion, but it's real. Wow. You you just you just unlocked a thought that I had never had before, which was this idea that it could be the end of our world and not the world. Um, right. In general, and oh, this oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the thought, which is which is crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay, let me see if I can phrase this right. For many Christians, the concept of the rapture is our ultimate escape. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, the reason that that becomes part of the conversation is. It's in a, it's another space of escape mm-hmm. from where we are. Yeah. And maybe just maybe it's not time for that escape. Maybe right. it is time for us, as you said, to really be part of the dawn of a, of a new age and a yeah. new era, which yeah. is certainly uncomfortable, but something not being comfortable doesn't necessarily mean the end all be all. Right. Right. Which, which then means we have to, um, start gearing up for what does this look like? Like, okay, if you're not going to take me out of this Lord and I have to endure all of this, what are the things that we're going to need to be able to kind of walk this out? Um, Which is just food for thought. That's just my brain, you know, working like this. What I wanted to ask you for sure, which again, this is a heavy conversation because you've been, and and I got to applaud this and I've been meaning to do this, your, your connection with pastors um, during this pandemic, I feel like has just been a godsend because, you know, you know, this probably better than anyone. Most pastors are isolated in their thinking and don't necessarily reach out to each other uh, as they should. They may reach out to their specific circle, but if there's someone who can perhaps help them, they may be too scared to reach out, too proud to reach out, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, But this this Zoom call and the other things that you've been doing, um, I think are really, really monumental. Talk to us a bit about why you decided to go that route and, and provide this resource for them. Well, you know, a lot of pastors have been reaching out to me on the side, just asking me questions. Pastors are people. Yes. And um, um, 
you know, I love pastors. I love pastors because I served in pastoral ministry. You know, before I became a senior pastor, I served, I served pastors from 1983. My first year in ministry, wow. I served my pastor. I, I, I was at his house all the time. My wow. second pastor, I was at his house all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I only had two pastors before I became a pastor. Wow. <laughs> Wow, and so I was always I was always behind the scenes, up close with these men of God, yeah. and they hurt, they they real, and they have problems, and um, they both uh, confided in me things as as a young man that they probably shouldn't have, mm-hmm. but it, I, I think it was for me to know, and so going through this pandemic, knowing what I have to deal with, and 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 keeping things going, and and the, the concerns and the attacks and the distractions, yeah, I just I just kind of at first I had a a concern to find out where they were. Where are you, man of God? Are you okay? Um, how, is you, how are your people? Yeah. What are you feeling? That, that it started there. And then it became this, this um, need to connect. Not just, I was, I was inbox, they were inboxing me. I was giving them answers. I was sending them outlines. I was trying to help them. Mm-hmm. Some of them, when we sent, some of them we were trying to help financially. Yeah. And then it, from there, I needed to see their faces. I needed to, I got them on a the Zoom. I needed to see what, man, because you know, sometimes words can lie, but faces don't. Right. And I want to, you know, it's okay to say, I'm good, doc. You know, it's, it's okay to say I'm okay, but you could tell. And so um, what I, what surprised me was I, ex- I expected 10 pastors to sign up for it. Okay. And our first uh, pastors gathering, I think um, we, we had like eight or nine times that. And then, you know, wow. some, some signed up and, and couldn't because at the time at noon is difficult on Friday, many are mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. But the ones who came and, and uh, we settled into right about 40, 50 right short of 60 pastors who are undertaking notes and I'm, I'm providing them outlines. And what I'm trying to do is, is build a group of pastors who are forward thinkers, who mm-hmm. can discern the times, mm-hmm. um, who love their people, who, who can corral sheep and who can watch this now and be engaged in self-care yes. while they care for the flock of God. Yes. And, and I'll be honest with you, the same questions that the members have, and this is what was hard. This is, Gerard, this is going to bless you. One wow. of the difficult things for pastors in this time was that pastors were um, having the same question that the mem- they were just deconstructing their faith too. I was deconstructing wow. my faith. Mm-hmm. What I did was I told you, remember in a community city Zoom on Saturday morning? Yes. I started telling you guys about how, what yes. I was going through. Mm-hmm. I mean, because my, my, my thinking was shifting from this Eurocentric uh, way of seeing scriptures. And I'm d- deep in study. And I wanted to, I want my church to take the journey with me. Yeah. Some people uh, um, didn't survive that. Some people said, like, I need my pastor to be sure. Wow. And, um, and one of the greatest things, and I hate to say this, but one of the greatest things that happened in this time was that there, there were some pastors who put their feet in their mouths mm. um, and, and reveal, expose, if not their racism, the ignorance of race relation. That really yes. helped a lot. And, and, and I'm telling you why I say it helped. Because it proved to a lot of people who were having misgivings that their misgivings were real. Right. That, right. that, that you, that you Christianity was, was designed as a part of the supremacy construct. It was a part of the supremacy mindset. Yeah. It was, a, um, we, um, if you, a lot of time when you felt tolerated it's because you were being tolerated and not That's accepted. Right. That's right. And so, um, my, my thing, and, and, and in my group, they're, they're, they're not just black pastors. Mm. We have black, we have white, and we have, um, some Latino. Awesome. And, um, 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 I, 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 I have conversations with at least one Asian pastor as well. And so this is something that, that I believe God has put in my heart. It's something that I believe is going to grow. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think it's incredibly necessary. And again, I think pastors are often among, they've always been forgotten as people. But I think now more so than ever, because there's this expectation for folks to figure out how to do church in a pandemic. 
and many of them weren't equipped uh, yeah. to do church in a pandemic because nobody planned for a pandemic. So, I mean, like even for those who had been streaming the whole time, you know, you'd been streaming a full service with people and everything else. Well, when the people are gone, but what do you do? You know, so it's it's been a lot. And so I know many have thanked you, but I just want to thank you because I think it's an amazing resource that you're doing um, for people. So we're going to wrap up this session. We've given you a lot to think about, folks. So <laughs> I'm sure you're going to want to have to say something. So uh, we want to hear from you. Of course, you can reach out to Pastor Hart on social media at Hart Ramsey. And um, we'd love to hear from you on social media as well, using the hashtags either Heart to Heart or On Course. And we can check out your comments, your concerns, your questions, and all those types of things. Also, make sure you subscribe to our podcast, which you can check out uh, wherever it is that you get your podcast. And uh, join us next time as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.